The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, Recently. The boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, a great Lord's Day, had a chance to hear the Word of God so that we can be obedient to the Word of God this week. And um, so with that said, if you would like to check us out, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com or sonsoflibertyradio.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you'd like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll down the right side of the play, uh, page. We are streaming live there, one of our platforms. We're not only on sonsoflibertymedia.com, but also beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. We're on Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're on DLive at The Sons of Liberty. We're on Twitch at Setting Brushfires. And also, if you've got a Roku device, we're on Cutting Edge TV over there. 
And um, on the platform that we're on, just click on that, blow it up, and uh, then click on the um, platform icon there. And join us in the chat. Lots of friends there this morning. Great to see you all of you guys in there. Uh, as usual, very encouraging. And uh, if you didn't catch Saturday's show, listen, Saturday for me was just great. Uh, we started off the morning with uh, Pastor Arthur Pulowski out in uh, Canada. And boy, if, 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 that, if that interview don't light your fire, like my dad used to say, your wood's wet, okay? You need to go check that out. But in the afternoon, we had Dr. Michael Roth on. Uh, new friend out of he's with America's Frontline Doctors, and uh, we had two hours together, and that was a great interview. You can still see that one up on SonsOfLibertyMedia dot com. Uh, the interview with Pastor Pavlowski is also available. It's still in the slider right now. You can just click onto that, and you can watch that interview as well. And then right above where we're where we're streaming live, our live streams are, is a place where you can set up to enter your email to get our newsletter each day. You get one email from us a day. We don't read your email, sell it, or spam it. And uh, that includes the morning show archive. So all the stuff we're going to talk about today, the links, the videos, all that stuff, that's going to be in there. And then we've got some bonus stuff. Uh, that our guest has provided that uh, will be in that link as well. And then uh, if you want to, if you agree with our message, you want to support us, we don't ask you for money, but this is the way you help us uh, because everything we do costs money. That's just the way it is. It's the way the world works. There's a donate button at the top of the page. You can make a one-time donation or you can become a monthly partner with us as a son or daughter of Liberty. And then we have our store available. All the products in there are basically things that you guys have asked for. So we haven't done it, you know, coming up with stuff on our own. You guys have asked for these kinds of things. Somebody made mention of a Sons of Liberty pocket constitution. I'm going to run that by Bradley today. We'll see what we can do about that. But this week we're highlighting the For the Children book, uh, you know, with this Supreme Court thing that's going on and everything else. Uh, many people are coming to the conclusion that Roe v. Wade, one, is not law. It was a ruling. It applied in one case. That's it. And it was a bad ruling. It wasn't according to law at all. And um, so Stephanie put together this little book. You can literally put it in your pocket. It's about as thick as your thumb, though, depending on how thick your thumb is. And uh, it is full of images and words that communicate the truth that God is the one who gives life. It happens at conception. No man should be able to take that life and no government is to to defend mass murderers in abortion clinics. They're just not supposed to be doing that. In fact, the people should have rose up long ago and put a stop to this. But these little books are great to give out to representatives. They're great to give out to friends. Maybe you've got, maybe you happen to be in a church, which you probably need to leave. If your pastor holds to pro-choice, and again, they never finish that out. Pro-choice to what? Murder your baby. That's what they really mean. So if if they haven't, you know, if they've stopped up their ears then tell it to the eyes. And this book does just that. It's normally $10. This week only through Saturday at midnight, you can get 25% off by using the promo code LIFE, L-I-F-E, at uh, checkout in the store. And again, get one of these for yourself, maybe some friends who are quote-unquote pro-choice uh, representatives, other other people like that who need to hear that message. You'll want to check that out. Now, before I bring our guest on, I do have one short little video clip that I want to give. Some of you have been asking about Kate. Uh, there is set to do. They're, they're set to bring a court case against her today over in the UK, and you know they've been going after her. They've been allowing her barrister into the, the meetings even after she fired him. And I do have the emails on that. She fired him before he comes in there. He's been giving press um, statements as though he's still her barrister when he's not. Uh, he's unwilling to. He's been unwilling to give her money back uh, from the Crowd Justice Fund. People have given, I think, about close to seventy thousand pounds or something. 
Um, I think there's probably been some extravagant billing. I'm not sure about that, but that seems to be what the case is. So I'm going to let Kate give you a short little thing. Then we're going to bring on our guest. And uh, here's, here's Kate. I am Kate Shimarani. I am 56 years old. I am a nurse trained and qualified of 36 years. I'm a trained and qualified independent nurse prescriber. I have never had any patient complaint and I have never had any questions over my competence. I worked many years in the NHS. I worked many years in the private sector and I currently am self-employed. I'm a personal nutritionist and I also work for an American radio as a health and wellness expert. My biggest achievement in my life is that I'm mum to four young adults. I have the right to a fair trial. I have a right to body autonomy. I have a right to be heard. I have a right to exercise my human rights. I have a right to always feel safe. I have been vilified in the press with lies with mistruths, with edited recordings. I have had my right to reply removed. I have seen in the comments sections calls for me to be executed, to be killed, to be murdered, or left unchallenged. I have been sexually harassed recently by members of my legal team that I have now dispensed with their services. I have been bullied. I have been blackmailed. I have been harassed as a witness. I have been threatened to be taken down if I do not behave myself. I have been threatened to be killed, to be martyred. I have had my address printed in the public domain and had strangers come to my home when one of my daughters was here. I have felt at times very bullied and almost in a hopeless situation. I had a 17-year marriage and I suffered lots of domestic violence, physical, psychological, emotional, and also Many other aspects to that marriage were horrific. I'm still traumatised by this and I have felt that same trauma again at the hands of our legal system and the police. I have been physically assaulted by a police officer in view of several hundred police officers and this can be found on YouTube with over 3 million views. And for those on radio, this was it. This occurred while we were streaming live when she was, she and Dr. Corbett were speaking at uh, Downey Street. I am physically very vulnerable. I've had a double mastectomy and a reconstruction for cancer. This assault has had an impact on my physical health and well-being. And this harassment, bullying, blackmail, coercion has had a serious effect on my health and well-being. All of us deserve a right to be heard and we all deserve the right to a fair trial. 
I do not have a legal team. I have not seen all of the evidence from my six criminal charges. To date, I have been unable to recover those funds from the barrister who is no longer representing me at my request. That barrister was to speak publicly to a mainstream newspaper, even though at that point he was no longer representing me. Again, I was vilified in the press and mistruths were spoken. If this has happened to me, and it's happened to many before me, it can happen to you too. I have a right to a fair trial. I have a right to exercise my human rights. I have a right to body autonomy. I have a right to practice my faith as being a Christian. I have a right to exercise all of my human rights and I have a right to be safe. I'm a mother of two daughters. I don't want them to ever feel as I have felt alone, scared, vilified, nowhere to turn. Because if this can happen to me, as it has to many before me, it can happen to you too. I don't want to be the next victim. And I don't want any woman out there to be either. Amen. Amen. That's Kate. Uh, again, I'm going to let you know as much as we can, but uh, she asked that I would keep certain things under wraps for obvious reasons with the court and just some of the shenanigans that are going on there. But uh, but I do have emails. I do have documentation of the things that she has said. I have seen them. She's not lying about them. They're right there. The evidence is there. I've seen it, okay? Um, so I will testify to that, and that's all I'm going to say. Please keep Kate in your prayers. I will have a link in today's archive. I'll try to put it in and drop it in the chat for you guys in case you're interested uh, to give to her legal fund, although I don't know that we want to do that just yet until that gets sorted out from the hands of the uh, the barrister that she fired. Now, with that said, we have a special guest on today. It's another America's Frontline Doctors, and Dr. Bill Smith, um, sort of, we, we, we got a recommendation to have him on because of the work he's doing from Dr. Michael Roth. And so I uh, was able to get a hold of Bill. We were going to try to have him on Saturday, but there were some things going on in his life. And so we've got him on. He's up really, really early this morning. So you guys be very appreciative uh, for Dr. Bill to join us. But Dr. Bill Smith has been practicing chiropractic for the last 15 years. He grew up as a missionary kid in the Philippines. He sold his practice in Fayetteville, Arkansas in no- November 2019 to move to the Philippines to do chiropractic missionary work. His friends in the Philippines called him the day before he was supposed to fly to the Philippines to let him know that he should cancel his trip because there was a new virus in China. Little did he know that the virus would change the course of his life. Initially, there was fear associated with the virus due to the unknown. However, it quickly became apparent that the virus wasn't deadly and that the pandemic, the pandemic, let me put it that way, was being used as nothing more than a mechanism to control the people. The lockdowns and forced mask wearing were never meant to keep people safe. Dr. Smith decided to start fighting because no one else was stepping up, and he decided to start fighting because he cares about the future for his wife and his seven children, and it is my privilege and pleasure to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Dr. Bill Smith. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 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 awake. I'm good. It looks like we have a lively bunch in the chat too, and I know there's uh, you know thousands, tens of thousands, or whatever listening on radio as well. And uh, so we're happy to have you. Now, the first thing I want to ask you is what I asked Dr. Michael Roth, and that is, do you believe that the COVID nineteen eighty four? That's what I call it. The COVID nineteen eighty four. Do you believe it actually exists? That it's actually been proven to exist in a scientific method. And if not, why is that? Yeah, so um, I don't believe that uh, it actually exists. Uh, I got into this whole thing uh, because of uh, you know everything I was seeing. There was a lot of uh, misinformation out there, uh, you know, especially with the mask. Whenever they started coming out and saying, "Just cover your face with anything, that'll be all right," I said, "That's not scientific." There's there's no uh, rhyme or reason uh, why you can put anything on your face or filter out any virus, uh, much less a virus the size uh, of the coronavirus. And so my medical mind just started raising all these red flags, and so I, I started uh, digging. And uh, through, throughout all this research I was doing, I stumbled on a, a case in Canada uh, with Patrick King, uh, where he went to the courts and he uh, he asked. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with uh, Patrick King. And have you heard the Patrick King case in Canada that was uh, earlier this year? Yeah, I, I heard what he did. I don't know that I necessarily agreed that he he proved something, but he did ask them for the things, and they said, "Well, we're not prepared to answer that," or something to that effect. Um, so yeah. I, but I'm I'm aware of it. Okay, so yeah, Patrick King, um, and his his defense wasn't great, but it, it started me asking all these questions. He essentially asked the court to prove that they had isolated or purified the virus, and uh, he got a response back from the Minister of Health in, in Canada, uh, in Alberta, uh, basically saying they don't have any evidence uh, to support the uh, isolation or purification of SARS-CoV-2. I said, no, that can't be right. So I, uh, I started looking into it, and I, I stumbled upon this woman. Her name's Miss Christine Massey, and she's a scientist out of Canada, and she had been pulling Freedom of Information Act requests from all over the world, from over, like, 130 organizations up to this point, and uh, um, asking that they show that they have isolated and purified the virus. And every time she sent those FOIAs out, uh, she'd get a response back saying they had no evidence that they isolated or purified the virus. Uh, and so, uh, in particular, the one she sent to the CDC uh, here in the United States really opened my eyes. Whenever I saw uh, multiple FOIAs that had been sent to the CDC um, saying that they had no evidence that they had isolated or purified the virus, it raised huge red flags for me. And, uh, and they would always uh, quote uh, or cite uh, an article uh, from the CDC, uh, an isolation study from one patient who had returned from China at the beginning of the pandemic as their isolation study. So I, I dug into that isolation study, and what I found was um, medical fraud on the highest level that was a foundation for this whole pandemic. Uh, what they did, they took a, a, a nasal specimen, a, a bronchioalveolar uh, lavage fluid from, from the lungs of a, an infected, an infected uh, patient, and uh, they, uh, they stuck that uh, specimen in with uh, varro cells, which are monkey cells, monkey kidney cells, fetal bovine serum, which a lot of people don't know, fetal bovine serum is the blood from the heart of a fetal calf. 
and that uh, they have to inject a syringe into the womb of the pregnant heifer to uh, suck the blood out of the fetal calf and mix that in with some antibiotics and antifungals. And they're supposed to uh, grow the patient specimen in that uh, culture. Uh, what, they, what they're actually doing <laughs> is adding genetic material into that. That's not, not a purification or isolation in any sense of the word. You cannot isolate a virus that way, even though uh, that's pretty much the gold standard for trying to isolate and purify viruses, which is, uh, you know, complete garbage. But what they found was just completely shocking to me. When they put that in the culture and they tried to replicate it, after they had said they had replicated the virus, they tried to reinfect uh, cells with it. They tried to reinfect some human cells, some monkey cells, some other animal cells. And the only thing they were able to reinfect were other monkey cells. And I said, this is, this is the whole thing's a scam. This is a monkey virus, if anything. They couldn't infect human cells. They could only infect monkey cells. And they said they found a human virus. I'm not stupid. And that's the CDC's own study. And, uh, and so they've never been able to uh, infect another human cell with uh, a patient specimen. So what am I supposed to believe? I, I, I want to see these patient specimens being broken down, stuck into a centrifuge, uh, and isolated, the virus isolated from everything else, not other things added into it. And so, it, you know, there's no isolation of that virus that's ever been done. Uh, I've, I've called up laboratories uh, and, and uh, health laboratories and asking, if they actually have any isolated uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus. And nobody can access uh, isolated SARS-CoV-2 virus. All they have access to is a gen code on a website called GenBank. And GenBank has all the viral genomes on it. So these health laboratories, they can download that genetic code off of GenBank that was uploaded there by the Chinese government. So we're relying on the Chinese government for this whole pandemic. It, it's, just, it's, it's criminal. Why are we relying on China for anything? China hates us. China wants us dead. And here we are relying on China for our genomic sequencing of a virus that was supposedly sequenced uh, by the Chinese uh, government. This is some crazy stuff going on. Yeah, they're actually, you're exactly right. In fact, let me play just this little clip. We'll listen to the head of what is referred to as the Chinese CDC, listen to what he has Why to say. Why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate the virus. They yeah, didn't the isolate the virus. What about live animal samples? It doesn't tell you anything if they only test positive. I do not suspect it's coming from what we originally thought. <laughs> okay, well, it sounds like he's telling us, at least like he's on the same track that you are, um, that, you know, I, I'm telling you guys, we don't have it there. I had a lady who we were trying to schedule somebody to come in. I, in fact, we were trying to bring Dr. Lee Merritt in. And the lady who set her up, we were having a conversation. She goes, I just can't believe Dr. Andrew Kaufman. He says, I don't get that. He, he's saying it's this, that, and the other. And like within a few days, she's like, I know this. She had a doctor she well respect, respected uh, highly. Somewhere in the world, it wasn't in the United States, I don't think, and he told her he was trying to get isolates so he could check it out himself. And she said, they're telling him they can't send him any because they don't have. And she was just blown away by that. And 
you know, I've said my thought is, yeah, we've got receipts from Fauci doing what he's doing, which I think is committing treason against the United States, working with China the way he did. And he should be taken out and hung. I mean, just very, very quickly. But at the same time, I think it's our own government who has played this on us, and they've done it at the behest of their masters, the people who are paying for their campaigns, the people who are paying 30 to 40 percent of the advertising and so uh, in the Mockingbird media. And so that's a, that's a real big deal, and the ultimate aim is to push them towards these shots. Now, you have – I'm sure you've got some stuff to say about shots. We'll get to that. But you recently were um, at a city council meeting – and I want to give people just the, the video of this, of what you're doing. Or can you tee this up uh, uh, before we get to the video? Why were you going to this city council meeting in Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, to speak out against something? What were you doing there? What were you trying to accomplish? Okay, so I'll, I'll give you a little background even before the city council meeting. Two weeks prior to the city council meeting, uh, I, I went to the, uh, the city hall because the city of uh, Fayetteville had reinstituted a mask ordinance, and it was unlawful because a law had been passed in the state of Arkansas, Act 1002, which basically said that uh, it was illegal for city governments, school districts, any any government-controlled uh, facility to require masks of their citizens. So I said, this this isn't right. And, you know, what takes precedence? Is it a city ordinance uh, or is it a, a state law? And obviously, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, state law should should take precedence over uh, a, a city ordinance. So I walked into the city hall, and, uh, and there's a woman sitting at the desk there as I enter, and she said, sir, you need a mask. And I said, no, I need a $500 ticket, or you need to arrest me and, and take me to jail for 30 days. I don't care. Uh, whatever it is, uh, but I'm not putting that mask on. And she said, well, um, I, I'm going to call the cops. And I said, yeah, call the cops. So she calls the cops, three patrolmen uh, show up in the city hall lobby. And uh, and I said, I need a uh, $500 ticket or 30 days in jail. And they said, um, that's not going to happen. Uh, we've been instructed by a city prosecutor's office not to prosecute the, uh, the mask uh, fine. So this is a joke, right? They created an ordinance there in the city, and you're not enforcing it by order of the city prosecutor. They said, that's right. Uh, and so they brought me down to the city prosecutor's office. I talked to one of the uh, deputy city prosecutors there. I said, I'm not leaving here until I get a $500 fine or uh, 30 days in jail. It doesn't matter. You decide which one. And the city, city prosecutor's uh, he says, that's, that's not going to happen today. Uh, we can schedule a time for you to come in and sit down and talk with me, um, but uh, you're not going to get a ticket today, and you're not going to spend 30 days in jail. I said, I've never had a fight so hard trying to get a, a ticket in my life. <laughs> and we, we go back and forth, and I had a friend there recording uh, the whole thing, and uh, and. He says, uh, nobody's complaining about you not wearing a mask. And I said, my friend over here is complaining, aren't you? I looked at her, and uh, her name is Vicky, and, uh, and she said, yeah, I am shocked that he's not wearing a mask. And, and so I'm trying my hardest. I'm like, give me this ticket so I could go to court. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to go to court was I wanted to go to court and have the court bring uh, proof that they isolated the virus. Uh, and and so I needed that ticket. So anyway, they wouldn't give me the ticket. 
Uh, fast forward two weeks, and I got a phone call uh, from uh, a friend, uh, a city council member in the city of Fayetteville, and she was requesting that uh, I would come and uh, testify on behalf of the unvaccinated city employees uh, so that uh, they wouldn't have to be tested every two weeks in order to keep their job because the city council was going to be voting on that. So I said, sure, I'll come and uh, testify uh, on behalf of the unvaccinated city employees. I said, I just want you to know I'm not going to wear a mask. The city isn't going to prosecute that. And so there's no reason for me to wear a mask. So I might call it a little scene when I show up there. And so uh, she said, that, that's fine. Uh, why don't you uh, come and show up? So I prepared this big presentation on, uh, on how the uh, virus hadn't been isolated and how the PCR test is junk. And, you know, I uh, got it ready to the council members. Well, I, I showed up at that uh, city council meeting. This was on September the 7th. Um, along with uh, a group of my, my church members, <laughs> and thank God for church members, I, I wish they had gotten arrested with me, it would have been a lot more impactful, uh, but they did come with me, they didn't wear masks, we were all sitting in the front row, so that, that's one question a lot of people have, they see the video and the pictures of the arrests, and they, they see me getting arrested, and they see people not wearing masks, they're like, why are they arresting you, and the people sitting back there without masks on, well those are my, my fellow uh, church members. And they ended up getting up when we were asked to and not getting arrested. Um, but anyway, when we entered into the, the city council uh, chambers and sat on the front row, the chief of police uh, came up to our group there, and uh, along with the woman who had a box of masks, and, uh, and he said, uh, you need to put a mask on or you need to leave. And I said, <clears throat> I'm not putting a mask on and I'm not leaving. I will leave if you write me a ticket, a $500 fine for not wearing a mask. And uh, and I tried to get that ticket a few weeks ago, and you guys were instructed by the prosecutor not to issue that citation. So write me the ticket now, and I'll happily get up and leave. And he, he said, um, we're not going to do that. Let me go talk to the mayor. So he gets up, uh, goes and talks to the mayor's chief of police, uh, Mike Reynolds. And the mayor uh, gave us permission to stay. And, uh, and so I thought, okay, this is how we do it. We don't put down and we don't uh, put up with this, this junk. And so we're sitting in the meeting um, and we're getting closer to uh, the time that I'm about to get up and speak. And it was right when we were about to get up and speak that Kara uh, Paxson, she's city clerk in Fayetteville, she gets distressed. She, she uh, interrupts the meeting and says, I'm sorry, Mayor, um, I'm going to need a moment. Um, and so she leaves the room. It looks like she's almost in tears. Uh, she comes back into the room, goes back up to the microphone, and she said, uh, I just want you to know, because most of the city council members aren't in the meeting because they're so afraid of getting sick. They, they don't think the mask works or the vaccine works or social distancing works. They don't even attend city council meetings anymore. So anyway, she had to inform the, the city council members that weren't there that uh, there were un, unmasked people sitting in the front row um, of the city council meeting. And she said, I have two young children at home. She's using her children to create a, an emotional event implying that somehow she would pick up the virus from me uh, and uh, we, she would transmit it back home to her children and her children would die. 
So this is just crazy. I'm like 15 feet away from her. She's wearing masks and she's vaccinated. I'm sitting here like she's proving my point. The masks don't work. The vaccines don't work and the social distancing doesn't work. And you're proving it to me because you're masked and you're vaccinated social distance. But the only way that you could feel safe is if I'm uh, arrested and thrown out of here. So basically they stopped the meeting. There are city council members who could be heard uh, saying, we created a law. What do you mean the city prosecutor uh, is prosecuting this crime? And so the mayor and the chief of police come back up to the podium and uh, the mayor asked him, uh, Chief, is this, this true? The city prosecutor is prosecuting this crime, uh, this uh, mask ordinance violation? And the chief of police says, uh, yep, that is correct. Uh, mayor, the city prosecutor has informed us not to prosecute this. And so they're all panicking. They don't know what to do. Because uh, um, it sounds like, well, they're not going to give me a ticket for the mask citation. And the mayor and the city council don't want me to be in the chamber. So the mayor just thinking on his toes just says, well, uh, doctor, you have a choice here. You can put the mask on uh, or you can leave. Uh, and I said, well, I'm not doing either one of those things. So uh, what's the other option? Uh, he said, or we're going to arrest you for criminal trespassing. Now, Dr. Bill. Arrest me for criminal trespass. So wait, we're, we're in a public building yep. at a public meeting that I was invited to by a public official and given permission to be there by the mayor himself. And now the mayor is telling me that uh, I'm not allowed to be there. I'm actually criminally trespassing on this meeting. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so Dr. Bill, say, right. okay, let me so let me I, let me ask you. Hang on, hang on, just a second. Let me let me ask you just a question about that. How this is the it seems to me, just so I'm, I'm clear, seems to me the reason you're wanting that ticket for the mask is because that's the premise they're using for we told you to get out, you didn't get out, so we're going to charge you with trespassing. Well, if they're not, if how can they charge you with trespassing if they're not going to issue the reason for why you're trespassing if they're not going to enforce that? Am I missing something there? Or is that what you're saying? No, that's exactly what they're uh, what I'm saying. They would not issue me that citation. And this whole time, all I've been trying to do is get a ticket for, for a mask violation. And I tried to do it quietly, not in a city council meeting. And I did not go to that city council meeting to get that mask citation. Um, but they, they would not issue me the mask citation. Uh, as I told the, the chief of police before the meeting even started, issue me the citation before the meeting starts. And I'll happily get up and, and go around my way, and we'll be done with this. And, and instead, they decided to make a big scene out of it. We're not issuing me the mass citation. And if you listen to the old video, I'm, I'm there saying, you know, talking to the mayor and the city attorney, I said, just if you're going to arrest me, arrest me for the right thing. Don't arrest me for criminal trespassing. Arrest me because I'm violating your, your masks uh, ordinance. And they wouldn't do it. And so they, they handcuffed me. Uh, they, they hauled me off to a Washington County uh, detention center and put me in the back of a, a police cruiser like I'm some criminal and, uh, and stuck me in the jail. 
And, and I found out when I, when I got to Washington County Detention Center that they did decide to finally issue me the mask uh, citation violation. So I got two uh, charges against me. I got criminal trespassing and uh, in violation of the city ordinance uh, for the mask uh, violation. That's a good thing so, for you, right? That's a good thing. Yeah, I got what I okay. wanted. Um, and and I, I, that's all I had ever asked for was just, you know, prove to me that you're going to prosecute this uh, thing. And so we're still not sure if they're actually going to go through with the prosecution, uh, but I really hope they do. I really hope they try and make an example out of me because people need to wake up. Uh, this was uh, nationally televised all over the state. Um, everybody saw this arrest uh, happen because this is a very hot topic uh, right now. And so it woke a lot of people up to just this thought that you could be arrested for, for not putting a mask on. Are you kidding me? And I had a chance to talk to all the police officers. I said, you know, guys, this isn't about a mask. This is about freedom. Uh, you know, because next what's going to happen is they're going to come in and have uh, vaccine requirements in order to enter city buildings or public yep. businesses. And people like me who don't want to get vaccinated aren't going to have freedom to do that. You're going to create a two-class society where people who uh, decide to get this medical treatment uh, this gene therapy will be allowed to go in and shop and set out a restaurant and uh, enjoy the freedoms that everyone should be able to enjoy. And those unvaccinated people are going to be pushed out of society. Uh, I said, no, we're headed toward Nazi Germany. And you guys, you're, you're just following orders now with the city ordinance. But at some point, you're going to have to decide if what you're doing goes against your conscience, goes against basic human rights, God-given rights. And you have to decide that now because that day is coming. And I do hope when that day gets here, that when it gets to the vaccine passport issue, that you're going to stand up and say, no, we're not going to follow uh, these rules and these laws, these unlawful uh, laws that go against what we believe in. You're going to have to stand up and say no when a dictator who sits up on top of the city council who thinks he's the king of Fayetteville, along with his city council members, issues these dictates that go against basic human law and human rights. And uh, and so you're going to have to make the decision sooner rather than later. You know, a lot of them that nod their heads, you know, we don't want to do this, but we're, we just, we have to do it because uh, the city employs us. And I said, this is, you know, this is crazy. So I think we're getting to that point. At least I had a chance to uh, speak with uh, the sheriff's uh, deputies and uh, Washington County uh, police or uh, federal police officers. So uh, there was some progress there. I, I do uh, feel like we've made. Okay. Yeah. You know, it always is amazing to me. It's not just uh, the cops doing that kind of stuff. It's the other people, you know, it's just the regular people who say I'm being coerced into taking the shot uh, to keep my job. And my response is, are you paying attention to what's going on with people who get the shot? You might not even be alive to go to your job uh, or you might be too injured to go to your job. And that's being thrown off to where the people who are injured aren't getting any kind of workman's comp or anything like this. I said, so they're just going to hang you out to dry. The, the whole thing is just it's diabolical. Uh, as Jesus said, these people are of their father, the devil. They're doing the works of the devil. They're not doing the works of God, that's for sure. They would be protecting the rights of the people, the liberties of the people, and they'd actually be prosecuting real criminals. And you know what, uh, Dr. Bill, one of the things that we have in this country, and we stated it over and over and over here at the Sons of Liberty, the one thing we're missing is justice. 
We can point yeah. all the politicians can point at fingers at each other's about what crimes they're committing, the, their 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 opponents are committing, and they never bring justice. They just put up a big WWE theater match there for people, but they never bring justice. And if we brought justice, we wouldn't even be here because Anthony Fauci would have been de- uh, dealt with decades ago for his crimes against uh, you know people who had AIDS and him prescribing AZT and it was killing them off and then his issue with the beagles and his issue with pushing the swine flu shots and all the dangers and the deaths that that caused the injuries of those things but you're not just standing up here for this mass mandate I want to just play this this little clip that um, Dr. Bill did at and I couldn't we couldn't get the the Walgreens. I don't know what the what the thing came up with. It had been pulled or something. But uh but Dr. Bill does more than just this. Uh he's spoken to his city elders, um, given a big presentation. I'll have those videos linked because he sent those. I'll have those in the archive. But this is one where he goes into the local Walmart and um I want people to to check out what's going on here because he goes there to inform them uh about the um the Nuremberg Code and the fact that they're giving this stuff, uh, they're, they're giving out these shots without proper informed consent. And uh, so he's up at the glass here for those who are watching by or listening by way of Red State Talk Radio. He's up at the glass at the pharmacy at the local Walmart, and he's telling them about this, and then they're going to pass him off to who, – who are they passing you off to? Are they passing you off to the guy who's in charge of the pharmacy? Yeah, it's the head pharmacist there at the Walmart pharmacy. Okay. All right. I'm going to turn the sound on now, and we'll pick this up. It runs about uh, – we got about three minutes or so of video, but you guys in uh, Red State Talk Radio, you'll be able to hear this uh, as we play it. So he's going to be here waiting on the guy who's heading up the pharmacy. And um, <clears throat> I know that the date seems wrong here because this is much further along. It's not 2019, I know. No, this was uh, probably in October. Okay, in October. Yeah, I knew it was, I knew it was fairly recent. So let me jump over here just a little bit. Hi. Okay. I don't know if uh, you're aware of the various database and the yes, reports coming out of the various database. Right. According to the Nuremberg Code, patients have to be given informed voluntary consent whenever they're receiving uh, something that's experimental. And this is considered experimental because the animal studies were not completed before the vaccine was uh, released to the public. Okay. Uh, the creator of the mRNA vaccine, Dr. Robert Malone, uh, he advised the FDA not to go through with it because every animal study that they did, the animal participants died within six months to three to five years after they injected the mRNA vaccine. Um, The Nuremberg Code states that if an experimental vaccine or treatment uh, results in uh, death or permanent uh, physical disability, then it's a violation of the Nuremberg Code. So I wanted to give you the various uh, numbers. These are the most recent various numbers, over 13,000 deaths. We've got 17,228 permanent disabilities. It falls under violations of the Nuremberg Code. So going forward, now that you have the knowledge, you could potentially be criminally liable if this gets brought before an international court. If it does what now? If if cases start being brought before an international court, any uh, pharmacist, any medical provider, anybody who's doing the vaccinations could be brought up on criminal charges. And so I want you to be aware of that. God forbid that. Uh, you know, you're aware of it now, and you continue doing it, and people end up, uh, you know, suing because of the experimental vaccination or treatment that's being uh, forced on the public, especially with the mandatory vaccination that are being done with uh, many of the uh, organizations that are out right now. Okay. So it's more of a way just to inform you, to let you know that potential liability is down the road, it's coming on this, and I believe that's why they're pushing the uh, FDA approval and that got approved today. It's because they, they see the adverse reactions that are taking place. 
I know that people are waking up to uh, really the effects of the vaccine. So at, at, at least you give informed consent to the patients, show the patients who are receiving the vaccination that these numbers, that there is uh, 13,000 deaths, over 13,000 deaths reported in the VAERS database, along with 17,000 permanent disability uh, reports to the VAERS database, which is underreported. Um, so that they have informed consent. Mm -hmm. That way you could potentially protect yourself, but patients need to know. Many of them aren't giving, uh, being given informed consent, so yeah. they're, they're getting upset whenever they come back and they've got Bell's palsy or Guillain-Barre syndrome where they're having seizures, and, uh, and the doctors don't want to admit that uh, it was caused by the vaccination, and so there's a, a huge lawsuit coming. Uh, you guys need to protect yourselves from that okay. uh, moving forward. So Thanks for the info. You're very welcome. Mm -hmm. Now, Bill, one of the things that, that that gets me in this is I'm sure this is not the only pharmacy you've went to. You you went to Walgreens. We don't have the video for that one, but you've went there. You're telling this these guys, and they're just kind of. I, I you don't have the video of him. Obviously, you weren't videoing his face, but I'm sure he's just kind of going. Yeah, we should shut up. Give me the paper, and so I can go about doing what I'm doing. <laughs> they don't even seem concerned that that's even a problem, do they? No, uh, and it's it's very concerning because the, most recently, um, our, the pharmacist in the town where my office is, uh, he is one of our state representatives uh, in the state legislature, and he's running for uh, state senate. I, I went into his pharmacy, uh, and this because he was hosting the vaccine clinics for the five to eleven year olds in our local school district. And when I found that out, I said, no, our, our state representative who's supposed to be representing the people is going and injecting this, this uh, toxin, this bioweapon, into 5 to 11-year-olds. I gathered all my documentation, presentation that I made on, uh, on the vaccines not being safe and the spike protein from the vaccine actually uh, being a toxin that's killing people. And uh, in addition to uh, the ingredient list with uh, the new ingredient for 5 to 11-year-olds uh, in the vaccine, it's called tromethamine. And tromethamine is a heart attack prevention drug. And so I, I have a video of that. I couldn't get that uploaded, but hopefully I will. But, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we gave him notice uh, that he needed to start uh, informing every single one of the parents that comes into uh, his uh, pharmacy there and every single parent that goes to the schools to get these injections that their child is at risk of heart damage, of neurologic conditions, or death. And if he wasn't doing those things, he was in violation of the Nuremberg Code and, and violating uh, human rights, and he would be guilty of human rights violations moving forward. And, and so, you know, they all think, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. Uh, we, we give them this sheet of paper that has the ingredient list or fiber on it with some potential side effects. But that ingredient list, none of those parents know what tromethamine is. They don't know what pegylated uh, nanolipid particles are or polyethylene glycol. And, uh, and they're not doing a job uh, explaining that to them. Uh, they're, they're not showing them the VAERS database uh, and those numbers that are in the VAERS and saying, look, these are uh, reported side effects. Uh, according to what's being reported to the government, we just want you to be aware that if you decide to take the shot, you, you potentially have uh, any one of these uh, conditions. So they're not they're not doing that. Uh, and he got uh, upset with me, and, uh, and basically because I embarrassed him, I, I, I went and encountered him in uh, his front office of his pharmacy, 
in front of his staff and some of uh, his his customers who were there. But we're we're getting to that point where we need to start to become confrontational. Amen. People need to hear the truth, and people heard the truth when I was there. They heard that children have a ninety nine point nine nine eight percent survival rate if they contract this illness uh, out wild, and they're not going to end up with heart damage or, or a neurologic condition or or, or death. Uh, and and the, the risk from the vaccine far outweighs any benefit that that vaccine is going to give. You know, the, uh, the vaccine uh, just causes so many uh, issues that parents aren't being informed about. And I'm, currently I'm working on a presentation and I'm just finishing up on myocarditis. And the, the myocarditis information that I do have, it criminally uh, points to every one of these companies uh, that's out there, along with the federal government, uh, working together. Uh, causing this harm to these children, knowingly doing it, and instead of putting a hold on this whole experiment, on these uh, stage three clinical trials, they're pushing harder than ever to get everyone uh, their shot and their, their booster, uh, knowing that there's uh, potential damage uh, caused to these people or death. It's it's just a criminal racket that we're all involved in. Uh, and I, I, I just, I reach a point uh, some days where I say, what can we do? They obviously know uh, what's happening and they refuse to do anything about it. Uh, we, we need to band together and demand uh, change, not uh, keep asking politely because asking politely is not working. At some point, we've got to do what Europe's doing and, and Australia and some of these other countries where the citizens haven't had enough. They're out in the streets. They're protesting. They're, they're they'll taking some time off of their nine to five jobs to make themselves uh, heard. And we're not doing that. We're too comfortable here. And, uh, and we need to uh, wake up out of our slumber. I agree. Uh, justice is the thing that we need to look for. Justice guards our liberty. Uh, that's on the Supreme Court building. We, you know, there there's numerous violations. You know, according to our Constitution, there is no authority in Article One given to Congress to write law concerning health or science. None of that's in there, and yet they're the ones pushing it more. They're funding it. Uh, Donald Trump gave billions of dollars to Big Pharma to, to roll out these shots. He continues to pimp it out to this day. Uh, he set all that up for Joe Biden, who is now you know talking about he's going to mandate these things. And by the way, people, if you want to do, do yourself a favor, look up a mandate in Black's Law Dictionary. This is a social contract. If you don't submit to it, it don't have no power. And if they start going and doing what they, they did here in arresting you, know, you Bill, I— th- that's criminal. You're going to have repercussions for that against them. And they can talk about, we're just doing our job. Well, that didn't work for the Nazis at Nuremberg, did it? I mean, it really no. didn't work. And so I hear the same stuff. And I don't I don't buy the, the phrase, well, history repeats itself. No, it doesn't. People just don't learn. And so they experience the same lessons, the hard lessons they have to learn over and over because they don't learn the lessons of history. They don't listen. These guys, the tyrants, don't listen to God about his law. We've pointed back to that. You know, when the king went into office, uh, God said, okay, you'll have a king, but here's what he needs to do. Uh, he is supposed to ha- write himself out a copy of the law. He is to be in it daily so that he knows what the law is, so he doesn't stray outside of it, and so that he upholds justice and he upholds mercy. And then the other part is is when they cried out for a king, and uh, <clears throat> that that 
particular part wasn't put in play yet, he said, this is what he's going to do. And he basically played the tyrant. He was going to take their sons and daughters. He was going to tax them. He was going to take their property. He was going to do all this stuff. And, you know, that our Constitution was written to inform the people, when they get out of line, you're to put them back in line. They're, it's to be changed to hold down the Leviathan, if you will. And uh, we've forgotten how to do that because we haven't been trained in the Constitution. Our, the attorneys in court aren't training constitutional law. They're training case law. And so it's always trying to get one over on the other guy because as soon as you set the precedent, well, then everybody else has got to beat that because the precedent's been set instead of going back to the law. And it seems to me this is what you're trying to do, even as a doctor is going back and saying, let's look, is there law for this? Can we, is a law, can can it be enforced? Uh, because obviously it can't. Yeah, so an, another thing that we did, uh, there were some businesses in town in Fayetteville, Northwest Arkansas, that had vaccine requirements in order to uh, receive service. And uh, I said, no, that's that's not right. I, it, it, this is just the beginning. Once one business starts doing it, it's going to be a domino effect, and every other business in town is going to start doing it, thinking they can discriminate against somebody because they, they didn't get this gene therapy. And, uh, and so this, uh, I went to a, a business in town. It's called Theater Squared. And in order to go and see a live uh, production, because they do live plays, uh, you have to show proof of vaccination or a negative test. So that's that's absurd. No, that's that's not right. They they're trampling on uh, people's uh, people's rights here, and so I contacted the theater um, uh, because I wanted to know what tests they were giving to people because they had a rapid antigen test. So I I got the I named the test. It was called the Binax Now test. I looked up the emergency use authorization on the test. The emergency use authorization papers say specifically, in like paragraph two, it says this test cannot differentiate between SARS-CoV and SARS-CoV-2. And then like the third paragraph, it says that uh, this test cannot differentiate between a bacterial and a viral infection. It cannot rule out a co-infection with uh, other viruses, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I uh, printed that off. Um, I, uh, before I went to the theater, I emailed uh, the, uh, the manager of that theater, and I gave him advance notice of my religious accommodation, uh, stating that I was not receiving the vaccine because it went against my religious beliefs, that these vaccines were uh, created and uh, produced uh, with aborted fetal uh, tissue. And I, it was against my religion to inject uh, anything that's been developed or produced with aborted fetal cells into my body and, uh, and handed them that uh, religious accommodation. I also printed off a, uh, a bill of rights uh, saying that, uh, you know, having uh, your religious beliefs is something that can't be discriminated against, just like the color of your skin or your sex or your age or any of those other things that are protected classes in our country, which I think people have forgotten that religion is a protected class, just like color or just like sex or just like sexual orientation. If someone discriminates against me because of something that I believe because of my religious belief, then it's the same as discriminating against me because I decide to be one of the LGBT uh, Q community. Yeah. You just Bill, hang, that. hang on just a second. Guys, uh, Bill's going to hang over for just a couple of minutes with us. If you would like to support him uh, in what he's doing, go to Gove, uh, Gove, givesengo.com forward slash mask violation pound sign. Mask violation pound sign at givesengo.com. <clears throat> and we're going to continue on the other side. Catch us there. 
All right. I want to welcome everybody coming over to Red State Talk Radio, from Red State Talk Radio. And again, uh, it's a givesendgo.com forward slash mask violation pound sign. And then go over there. Now, you're trying, what are you trying to do with this? Is this uh, involving uh, legal fees for the case that you're fighting where you arrested here? Is that right? Yeah, so I, I have an attorney uh, for my defense. His name's Greg Thain. He's a, a great guy. He's running for a state representative uh, position. Uh, and I wish he were running for the attorney general in our state. And I'm trying to uh, yeah, try and convince him to do that. Uh, but he, he's fought the school districts. And uh, in, in Bentonville, Arkansas, he brought a case uh, against the school district, the school board uh, there in Bentonville, because they had mask uh, restrictions on all their students. And uh, he won in, in court. And so the Bentonville School District had to throw out all their uh, mask requirements. And that just created a domino effect with all the other uh, school districts throughout the state, where if Greg Payne shows up at the school board meeting, the uh, school board's uh, attorney says, drop the mask uh, because you're going to lose in court. <laughs> and so they, they all are dropping their mask. But uh, Greg Payne is my attorney who's representing me at the uh, uh, you know, court case that I have uh, going on. And um, to give an update, on December the 15th, I think the city prosecutor is going to look at the uh, charges against me and the evidence and decide whether or not to go forward. And I hope they go forward with it because I, I want to have my, my day in court. I don't want them to drop uh, the charges, although I'm sure my wife would prefer that they, they drop the charges because I've already told her if I get in front of a corrupt judge, a judge who just wants to make an example out of me, I'm not going to pay the fines, which is what they, they would offer me. I'm not going to do the community service because I'm doing community service already by going out and trying to fight for these people's uh, rights. Right. So I'm not going to go out and pick up garbage on the side of the road. The only remaining option is 30 days in jail uh, for refusing to pay the fine and do community service. So I'm going to haul, have them haul me off to a Washington County Detention Center. I'll spend 30 days in jail if I have to, to, to show them that I'm not backing down. You want to make an example of me? A lot of people are watching this thing. And if you do this, this is going to have major implications uh, on you as a city, on the Fayetteville Police Department. And I know the Washington County uh, Sheriff's Office is on, on my side. Uh, the, uh, the sheriff is the one who uh, got me out of prison so quickly. And the Washington County Judge, uh, Joseph Wood, is an, uh, a God-fearing man. He's a wonderful man. He's running for lieutenant governor in our state. And uh and he actually was the one that whenever I got arrested, he called the sheriff and, and told the sheriff, hey, Dr. Smith's in jail. You need to get him out of jail as quickly as possible. So they, they moved me up from number 13 in, in the booking line to uh, number one. And I, I spent about an hour in jail. I uh, didn't even go inside a jail cell or anything like that. So uh, I, what I want to do uh, is, is to uh, create a divide. Uh, between the sheriff's office and the Fayetteville Police Department and the city of Fayetteville and have them pick a side. Are you going to side with these corrupt judges and corrupt city prosecutors and, and corrupt city uh, politicians? Or are you going to side with the people? Because we're getting to that point very quickly. And if they drop my case, you know, that's probably the easiest thing that they could do to avoid all the controversies because they, they did throw out the mask uh, ordinance again. 
Um, and, and that was uh, another development. That was just recently that uh, within the last few weeks, uh, I found out that the city council was going to be voting on getting rid of the mask ordinance. I said, I'm going to show up for this thing. I knew they wouldn't let me in uh, without putting a, a mask on. So I went to the extreme and I showed up at the city council meeting uh, it, with a gas mask on <laughs> to, uh, to just show I'm protected. You know, your, your little cloth mask that you pull down every time you talk, uh, that thing's not going to protect you if this virus is as deadly as they say it is. Because that virus can uh, be aerosolizing, getting through the mucous membranes in your eyes. And so even the mask isn't going to protect you unless you have a face shield on at the same time. I think I was yeah, watching, I was watching uh, your video, and I don't think I played the rest. I think it was your video yesterday in the courtroom. And somebody was shooting behind this. Oh, it was it was the new it was the news it was the news link you give me. And I'll I'll put all these links up of the ones that work. I think two or three of them didn't work because they they pulled them down. They said oh, it was too long and it was like an hour. I mean, all of you have seen videos on YouTube that are longer than that. So, uh, but there was that the, the newscast shot the courtroom from behind, and there's a dude sitting there with like a. I don't know. You know, you have a fallout mask on. He's got the big respirators on and he's sitting in there with that. And I thought, well, at least that guy gets it. I got to cover up all this stuff to do all this. So it's kind of interesting. But I want to ask you a serious question. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. We were playing the theater thing here. Now you have a mask on at the theater where you're doing that. What's the significance of that? So uh, I, I didn't go in there okay. trying to win a mask battle. I, I went in there trying to win a, a vaccine okay. uh, requirement battle. And, and so, I, you know, I'm trying to pick my battles. Uh, if I hadn't worn the mask, they wouldn't even let me into the building. They would have said, oh, you got to wear a mask. But I, I wasn't there about the mask. I already been fighting that battle. With that theater, it was about getting rid of the vaccine uh, requirements and the testing requirements. And so when I went in there and handed them my religious accommodation, the Bill of Rights, and the state law, there's a state law, by the way, in Arkansas that said you can't require vaccine uh, passports. And, and this theater had received like $9 million in taxpayer funding. Uh, and so they weren't allowed to do what they were doing. And whenever I, I presented all my, my documents to them, they said, well, we've, we've got a, a policy. I said, you've got a policy. Okay, well, you've got a policy. I've got a bill of rights. I've got a religious accommodation. And I've got a state law. Now, I'm just telling you uh, that since you're acknowledging that you're going to discriminate against me because you have a policy, that I am going to sue you. Now, I'm going to collect all this evidence. This is all on video. We're going to go to court and going to see whose uh, side holds up. Is it going to be the state law, the uh, Bill of Rights, and my religious accommodation versus your policy? Now, you really want to do that. And so at that point, I just left. I said, okay, I'm going to leave. And went down. I got my tickets refunded and everything. And and so uh, I walked out the door, uh, and I did that with along with like four of my friends. And so there were more people with me this time around. But uh, and, you know, we we were preparing documents to go to court, and we're still working on documents to go to court with that one for religious uh, rights violations. Uh, but uh, about a week after I did that, a news story comes on, uh, and basically said that Theater Square on October the 30th was dropping all of its vaccine and testing requirements. 
<laughs> and they were nice. stating that the reason they were doing that was because the case were falling. They didn't want to admit the truth that uh, I went in there and scared the, the crap out of them. Amen. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened. Amen. Their, their attorney uh, probably heard about what was going on, and he was like, you guys need to drop this thing right now because you don't have uh, a chance in court. If he gets in front of a, a judge who isn't corrupt, uh, he's going to own the theater. <laughs> and and so uh, they they dropped that. And what ended up happening is every other business in uh, Northwest Arkansas that had the vaccine and test requirements, they dropped those uh, requirements as well. And we're talking about uh, big corporate businesses owned by the Walton Foundation, uh, Walmart. So the the Walton Performing Arts Center and Crystal Bridges, uh, which is a uh, a museum in Northwest Arkansas. They dropped their vaccine and their testing requirements after theater square dropped all their stuff. And so it had a, a domino effect, and we, we gained ground back. And it might seem like a small victory, but in my eyes, this was, this was huge. This was taking back uh, what we had lost that we never should have lost, and we had to fight a little bit for it, but it only took about five of us to step up and say, no, we're not going to follow your rules. We're going to use the legal system if we have to. If the legal system doesn't work, then we're going to expose this to the public and we'll be back here again to get arrested. Amen. So this is, it's just how we fight. We don't sit down and roll over and just take it. That's, uh, right. that's the way we, we lose battles. We stand up and fight for our rights uh, and take them back. Amen. Well, I know. And I appreciate you pointing that out. It's almost like a guerrilla warfare. You're going to pick your battle and you're going to do certain things that you're not going to make an issue and, and do the other. But I appreciate your response to that because I was looking, I was like, okay, well, what's going on here? And that makes all the sense in the world that you're trying to press against these things, not just let them go and uh, and push against them. I, you know, I'm I'm thinking of so many things now of different people I've interviewed, different stories that we've reported on stuff where they're doing the same thing. They're going in there, not with the intent of, hey, I'm going to go watch a movie and, hey, if something happens, it happens. But they go in there specifically to pick a fight, if you will. I mean, that's in essence what's going on. And uh, and to see whether or not their sword is as strong as they say it is or whether it's full of mush. And it seems like that's exactly what you've done. Uh, Dr. Bill, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get ready to close out the show, but is there anything else you want to let people know about, a uh, final word you want to leave with them, um, and, uh, especially to encourage people? Because... We don't believe in doom and gloom here. We don't believe the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You know, we, we need to wait till Jesus comes. You know, I think Jesus is, the Bible tells us that we're to occupy till he comes. We don't know when he's coming. Jesus said when he was here in his earthly ministry, he didn't even know when that was. Only the Father knew. But at the same time, we're to occupy. And it's this doom and gloom mentality that has hamstrung the, the American church um, in what I refer to as dispensation is hamstrung the American church to the point where she just thinks, well, there's nothing we can do except die. I mean, that's, that's sort of the thing. So I want to leave you uh, the last word here uh, to speak to the audience about that. Yeah. So um, we can't lose hope. Uh, we're, we're not called to just uh, roll over and allow our freedoms to be taken away because we know that Christ is, is going to return. God's given us uh, certain freedoms in the country uh, that many of our ancestors had uh, shed their blood for. That's right. Uh, we came here to, uh, because we were under religious persecution uh, overseas, and we wanted religious freedom. 
and those religious freedoms are being taken away. And so it, it is our responsibility uh, as, as citizens and descendants of uh, this great uh, nation to stand up and, and do what is uh, right. And uh, I'm doing uh, these small battles because that's the fight that we have right now. We're not fighting with uh, guns and weapons and shedding blood. Uh, we're, we're fighting for these small religious freedoms uh, that we're losing. And, you know, just finish out that uh, Fayetteville City Council meeting, the last one I was at with the gas mask. I went up and showed the city council and the mayor pictures of them violating uh, the city's mask ordinance. And uh, I embarrassed them so badly. They put their pictures on Facebook. Uh, you know, they're, they're not the brightest group of people. And so after I showed them pictures, they voted unanimously 7-0 to get rid of that mask ordinance. <laughs> Amen. So right now, in, in Fayetteville, there's no mask uh, requirement in city building. There's no vaccine requirements at any of the businesses. And it's all because, uh, you know, a few people cared enough to go out and, and grab their freedoms and take them back and not ask. Uh, and so you know, all of you out there who are listening, uh, you need to step up. And if there are tyrannical laws uh, or ordinances or mandates that are in your local community, if, uh, if you can't uh, go to a business because you don't have a vaccination or uh, you can't go to a city hall because uh, they require masks or whatever it is, you go and stand up uh, to that uh, unjust law. Uh, you know, Martin Luther, uh, he said, we have a, uh, a moral obligation uh, to uh, resist unjust laws. That's right. And we need to follow in uh, Martin Luther King's uh, footsteps and uh, stand up for our, our rights, just like he stood up for the rights of the African-American community. We need to stand up for the rights of the religious community because I truly, deep down inside, believe that this fight that we're fighting right now is much bigger than the, uh, than the racial fight that was going on in Martin Luther King's day when he was fighting for, uh, for racial uh, justice and racial equity. Um, I believe that religious uh, freedom uh, is a, a much more important fight because if uh, we lose our religious freedoms, this whole uh, country goes down. So don't don't stop fighting and don't just think it's not a big deal. This is a huge deal. We need to stand up for what's right. Amen. Amen. Dr. Bill Smith, thank you for joining us this morning. If you'll hang on, I'll say goodbye to you after I close out the show here. Uh, I just I want to I want to read this. Um, and I, I know the person is in the chat. I'm not going to name the person, but. Uh, just to let you know, you guys, when you write uh, to us, we do pay attention to it, okay? And some of you are just extremely encouraging. And I got this message yesterday. And forgive me, I get moved sometimes, okay? But just want to share this with you guys. God has really used you as a tool for so many, both me and my husband for sure. I stumbled upon your platform. I believe I was meant to be. It was meant to be. Uh, we both listen to you every morning you're on. We both needed a lot of healing to repent, ask to be forgiven, and believe we are. My husband asked me to find his Bible, and that's big. I'm reading. I'm starting to feel things I haven't in a long time. So God does get all the glory. But I wanted to let you know because... You let him use you as a tool to speak his word. Someone is listening. Some, someone heart is healing. Someone is finding their way back. 
Thank your wife and your kids for sharing you. One of the most valuable things in this life is your time. So I truly appreciate you. Sometimes it's nice to hear that. It is nice to hear that. Thank you for that. Uh, heartfelt. I, I, I really mean that. And um, you guys are such a blessing. Every morning I come in here and I see that people come in. I have no idea why you I, I know. I know why everybody's coming in now. They want to see Anna and Tommy, don't you? <laughs> and uh, Dr. Bill doesn't know anything about that, but I'll, I'll share that with him after the show. But thank you so much, um, dear lady, for your, your comments and others who have written in as well. I, I can't tell you what an encouragement that is. I'm not laying hands on you out there, but uh, the camera went out of focus there. Um, I can't tell you what a kind of an encouragement that is because when you get into this and you get the trolls that come in and you get the other people, sometimes a lot of that rolls off my back, but it does kind of bug you. You want to just, spiritually speaking, you want to grab somebody and shake them, <laughs> okay? Uh, but thank you for those kind words. Now, Bradley will be on at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. for Rotten of the Core Wednesday with the Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor. Don't miss it. We'll see you then.